Good morning, everyone. It is good to worship with you uh, this morning on this this beautiful new morning uh, as we continue our series on beloved hymns. And today we've reached, um, by popular demand through our congregational survey of beloved hymns, we've reached Morning Has Broken, which is a beautiful hymn of praise for God as creator who continues to create, to continues to recreate with every new day. To explore this hymn in our lessons, we've heard pieces from the two creation stories at the beginning of Genesis, describing the first day when God calls forth light from the chaotic darkness and then separates the light from the darkness, making day and night. Finally, we hear of God breathing life into the first human as well as the outline and boundaries of the Garden of Eden. In our second lesson, we turn to the beginning of John, which, in a way, is another creation story, describing God's eternal word, through which all things came to be, and this word eventually takes on flesh and lives among us in God's good creation. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the first chapter of John's gospel, beginning with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. You know, friends, it's interesting how often as humans we anchor something in our minds. We anchor it to a particular moment, a memory, and so on. I think this phenomenon is particularly strong with music. There are albums I forever link to a particular summer or even a particular road trip. Don't y'all have those too? Though lately our family has played the Frozen and Moana soundtracks on Spotify so many times that they ask if I'm sure I want to play it again each time I click on it. I bring this up in light of our hymn today, Morning Has Broken. This is one of the hymns that, though I enjoy and appreciate, was honestly surprised to see it land in the top three in our survey. Many folks associate this hymn with the recording by Cat Stevens in 1971 and its subsequent draw to the folk-style worship services of the 70s and 80s. Yet when one explores the origins of this hymn, they find that it does not belong to the American folk genre, but rather its tune is a traditional Gaelic melody named after a small village, Bunesum, 
in the Isle of Mull, off the western coast of Scotland. Eleanor uh, Fargine writes the poetic text to this tune in 1931 and quickly found its way into its first hymnal in the same year. The primary theological idea at work in, uh, in this hymn is that each new morning is a reminder and is really a glimpse of the first morning of creation. This is probably my favorite thing about this hymn. It offers the opportunity to rejoice at God's gift of creation, to see each new day as a gift from God, just like the very creation of us and everything we know. Essentially, it expresses in hymn form the beloved words of the psalmist, which we said together a minute ago, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In our first lesson this morning, we heard snippets of the two stories of creation in Genesis 1 and 2. Chapter 1, of course, gives the account of the seven days of creation, while chapter 2 focuses a little more on God's relationship with Adam and Eve in the garden. So why are there two stories of creation? Scholars' best guess is that their first five books of the Bible, or the Torah, are a compilation of a number of sources, traditionally four of them, that account for the different traditions of these shared stories and accounts. Genesis 1 comes from what is known as the priestly source tradition, while most of chapter 2 is from the Yahwist tradition known for its signature use of the personal name of God in Hebrew, Yahweh. To be sure, these aren't competing stories of creation. Rather, I think they allow us to witness the wonder of creation from different angles. It's kind of like when your favorite TV show, when the shot changes from one angle to another or moves to offer a different character's perspective. The event doesn't change so much, as the perspective and the focus. Our hymn this morning highlights elements from both creation accounts, which I think helps us to see these different angles. So we'll begin with the first, or priestly account. Well, I think we overlook these frequently sung words. The hymn really begins with a theological bang. Morning has broken like the first morning. As Genesis 1, the very first chapter of Scripture begins, God looks out over the dark and formless and chaotic void and creates light and separates light and darkness into day and night. As I said, there are also elements of the second or Yahweh's creation story at work in the hymn too. There are multiple references to the Garden of Eden um, certainly recall this account, but my favorite reference from this creation story is found at the end of verse 2. Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden, sprung in completeness where God's feet pass. These words recall the scene where God walks in the garden at the time of the sweet evening breeze. It's beautiful, it's poetic imagery that sadly is interrupted, it's disrupted as God's walk among Adam and Eve in the garden finds them breaking the one rule given by the divine, 
ending this short-lived utopia. So friends, as I said, the hymn really masterfully synthesizes these two creation accounts to give the overarching message that each new day is a chance to recall and remember the very first morning of creation. It is the same light and same God who causes the morning to break, for light to cast away the darkness of night. Yet each new day is also a recollection of creation because God continues to recreate. The final words of the hymn say, Praise with elation, praise every morning God's recreation of the new day. I think poets have a unique ability, friends, to help us see the beauty of God's creation. And it's well worth our consideration. The beloved late poet Mary Oliver penned some words in a poem entitled Invitation that I believe speak to the heart of our hymn. She writes, Believe us, they say, it is a serious thing just to be alive on this fresh morning in this broken world. I beg of you, do not walk by without pausing to attend to this rather ridiculous performance. That God continues, friends, to recreate each new day is further emphasized in our second reading from John. We learn that through God's eternal word, all things have come into being or were created. Finally, that this very word becomes flesh and lives among us in the person of Christ. This image is shown in the hymn at the end of the first verse, praising the new morning that springs fresh from the word. If you notice in your hymnal, that's capital W, word. All things have come into being through the word, and each new day, each morning, breaking dawn at the horizon, springs forth from God's own word and being. Now, as we explore a beloved hymn each week, we're also taking a brief look, if you recall, to look at a complimentary hymn that may not be as well known, but helps us appreciate the key aspects and focus of the hymn that we're uh, honing in on. Today, our complimentary hymn is God, You Spin the Whirling Planets. We'll sing it at the end of the service. It was written in 1978 by famed 20th century Presbyterian hymn writer Jane Parker Huber. Huber crafted this hymn for the National Gathering of Presbyterian Women with the theme of being created in God's image from Genesis 1. The entire hymn, like morning is broken, praises God's creation of the world, but also of the entire cosmos. It is the hymn's final verse, though, where I want our attention to be focused because it so beautifully picks up on this image from morning as broken of God's recreation of each day, but also of our role in this. The verse begins, God, your word is still creating, calling us to life made new. Now reveal to us fresh vistas where there's work to dare and do. As creatures in God's own image, God calls us to participate in God's recreation of the world. In this time of rampant pollution of our planetary home, where we've lately been witness to wildfires, heat, 
drought out west, to the historic flooding in Europe last week and rising sea levels, these words hit us hard. Now reveal to us fresh vistas where there's work to dare and do. It can be difficult to know where to start or what role we might play or be able to play in God's daily recreation of the world. Yet we know that we do have a role to play. From the beginning, God has called us to participate in God's tending of creation. We heard it in our first reading. So it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. Now, can I geek out with you for just a second? The words translated as till and keep the earth in Hebrew are the words abad and shamar. Abad means to serve, to work, while shamar means to keep watch, to take on responsibility and accountability for It's actually the very same word Cain will use when he says to God, Am I my brother's keeper, Shamar? From the very beginning, God has called us to participate in the ongoing work of creation, of recreation, to serve and be responsible for God's good earth. From the wisdom of our two hymns, it seems that whatever form this work of tending, serving, abad, and protecting or assuming responsibility for creation, Shamar takes, the first step seems to be finding joy and appreciation in the beauty of God's good earth. To see each new day as a gift and a miraculous recreation of that first beautiful morning in Genesis 1. Such a joy, such a mindfulness and appreciation for God's good earth can inspire ways that we can participate and care for and tend this creation in our time and place here and now. Friends, I'd like to leave you with one more snippet from the poetry of Mary Oliver that I believe brings all these themes and ideas of God's creation and recreation as well as our role in it. It brings them all together. In giving instructions for living a life, she says this, pay attention be astonished, tell about it. Friends, may we go out into this world and pay attention to see each day, each sunrise, as a gift of God that continues to leave us in wonder and awe. May these hymns renew in us appreciation for God's gift of life and creation and commit ourselves anew to care for this earth as well as our neighbors. May we tell about it, or as our final hymn says, as new creatures in your image will proclaim Christ everywhere. Amen.